This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. It is Monday morning of Combine Week. I am pumped. Mello looks like he just got a pump in. No, I didn't think. Nope. Man, you're looking good. Just, uh, hit the arms today. Hit the arms today. You know who hit arms today, Connor, because he actually goes to the gym every day. Oh, that's right. And I mean, Mello's men making all these uh, these bench press bets with the prospects. So <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. I love it. We're going to throw some money out on the show tonight. Fake money, but it's it's money. We're going to do our combine prop bets. There's a lot of them that came out this week. I want to get into it. This is something for the first time ever, and I hope this is okay. If not, I'm joking. I bet this year on combine prop bets. I actually put real money down, so we'll get into that. Uh, but it, it's going to be a fun show. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited, too, because this is – we only have one more show between now and the next time I'll see you guys. So – well, Mello and I have to be apart for four days, which is always tough. But then Connor and I wait, get to hang wait, out together you're, Friday. You're leaving? Yeah, wait, wait, where are you going? I'm on a flight. What the hell Tuesday am I supposed morning. to eat this week? <laughs> right? We didn't go grocery shopping. I'll take you out to Olive Garden, get you that uh the tour of Italy. You have three meals in one, right? Yeah, right. That's I have to order it three times then. <laughs> and, and we're gonna have a fun week though. We're gonna be a ton of Instagram content. I have vowed that I'm gonna go live. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week, giving you guys uh, combine content. When Mello and Connor are available, they're going to hop in with me, but it is going to be fun. So make sure you're following on Twitter at Stick to Football. Make sure you're following on Instagram at Stick to Football because it is going to be a ton of fun. And on that note, guys, before we get into the show, March 2nd, but not even a week away at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we are taking over 2D Brewing Company in Indianapolis for our combine week meetup. There are 150 six stickies signed Woo. up so we have like officially taken over this whole bar i emailed them uh because last week you were like hey you should and so i did it's like hey 13 people might show up but we got about 160 signed up so brew a lot of beer it's going to be so much fun uh, hopefully if you have signed up you got an email from us this week with a lot of details uh if you haven't and you're interested here's the deal you sign up on it's called the night out app you can look at my pen tweet or or on stick to football's twitter account and get that link show us your digital ticket when you come in our buddy big country will be there scanning tickets <laughs> with that you get a koozie a stick to football sticker a wristband and two tickets for something special at the bar so it is going to be a great time we encourage y'all take pictures ask questions 
uh, tag us in those pictures, tag the stick football account because we, we want to help grow this thing. And if we do well, our fantastic boss, Jesse sees us doing well, we get to do more of these. Yeah. I, yeah I it's going to be, I, yeah, it's going to be a blast. I mean, we're just in the spirit of giving right now too, because in the merch store on bleacher report for stick to football, there's a promo code that's just draft and you get 20% off. So Definitely recommend making it out to Too Deep because you'll get a ton of free stuff. And like Matt said, maybe something special at the bar. And I can't imagine what that is. And then, of course, the promo code for Stick to Football merch. Yeah, I mean, what would a brewery be giving away at the bar for free if you have tickets to Stick to Popcorn. Football? It is. Must it be. Is popcorn. You're right. Uh, it's We're going to have so much fun. I'm ready. Um, I've been conditioning my liver for quite some time now to get ready for this. So it is, it is going to be great. Let's get into the actual show, though, guys. Speaking of the combine, one big moment was the NFL finally officially this week. They came out and said that those players who've been banned, and there are three of them, Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, Mississippi State, Preston Williams, a wide receiver from Colorado State, uh, and then Jalen Ferguson, a pass rusher from Louisiana Tech. Those guys have been banned from the combine due to a previous arrest. They are now being allowed to come to Indianapolis for medicals, but more importantly, for interviews. Now, on that note, Jeffrey Simmons won't be there because he had surgery on a torn ACL that he suffered during his, uh, I guess, his pro day, uh, trying to get pro day training. So he won't be there. But for Preston Williams and Jalen Ferguson, this is huge for them to be able to come in and interview and answer about their you know, previous incidents that kept them out of this event. I would say that the interviews for these guys is going to be more important than what they're going to do on the field. They will have their chance at the pro day, but this is going to be a good opportunity for them to get in front of those teams. And like you said, answer any questions that the teams have. I think some of these guys offenses aren't as bad as the others, but it's going to be good for them to get those questions answered by the NFL. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Something we've always said on this show is that sometimes what you don't see on TV is actually the most important part of the NFL combine. And that's teams sitting down with these guys, especially teams looking for quarterbacks because you just have to be smart enough to succeed at the position. And something Matt said a couple of weeks ago is that's where a guy like Dwayne Haskins is going to thrive. He's going to own the room in that situation. So those interviews are huge and they're even bigger for players that do have some, you know, some not so great things on their record in the past. So that's really big here. And I think the NFL is, I don't want to say they nailed it because I think they do a lot of things wrong with this at the combine, but allowing those guys to participate, even if it's just in a small way is the right choice. I'm still upset about it uh, because Mello's laughing because well, Jalen Ferguson should be able to test. That one's the bullshit one to me. It's also bullshit to me that you're going to let these guys come to Indy and interview and do their physicals, but you're not going to let them test. But here's all you're doing. It's like an affair. You're just sweeping her under the rug. You're saving face. You're right. like, oh, man, we're going to be so hard on these guys. You can come, just we're not going to put you on right. TV. That, I've said it before, and I, I have so many friends that work at NFL Network. I'm not coming at them. I love you guys. But the, the this is a league thing. It's not NFL Network's decision. It's not the people who run the combine's decision. It is the NFL who says, no, we don't want these guys on our TV network because they don't want Rich Eisen or Daniel Jeremiah or whomever to have to say, oh, by the way, uh, Preston Williams was arrested as a freshman for pushing his then-girlfriend when she was trying to move out of their apartment and, again, for violating a restraining order. But the charges were dropped. Like, they don't want to have to do that. So that's all this is about. It's a PR move. And whether you believe that, hey, these guys fucked up, they did something wrong, there's punishment for that, okay. 
but it just seems too hypocritical to me. So that's my that's my rant on that. So, all right, moving on, because you guys are just like, oh, shit, Matt's mad now. Okay. Yeah, you, you took it away and ran with it. You did a yeah. good job. Uh, man, I do this like once a week. I get mad about this thing. Other people who are mad, here's this comes out this week, and I, I love agents so much. Some of y'all are super helpful. Uh, sometimes I also land somewhere and turn my phone on, and I have voicemails from you motherfucking me. So <laughs> <laughs> some of you which, are Which happens way. more often, though? Uh, lately, man, I don't know what's different about this year. I have made more agents mad in 2019 than I have in the other seven years of my career. I because don't everyone why. thinks their guy's a first rounder now every single time. That's why. Like you get, I get understand like, like Matt, you pretty much control a lot of the narratives of what people think of prospects online, especially Twitter. And I think people specifically agents value that so much to the point where if you don't call a guy a first rounder, they're upset. That is absolutely. And there's only 32 of those guys. That's the crazy thing. Right. Yeah. Five of them or four of them this year are probably going to be a quarterback. So speaking of 32 teams, there are 32 NFL teams. It comes out this week, speaking of agents, that three teams are interested in Antonio Brown. And people are like, oh, my God, what three teams? Do you know what I hear? 29 teams are interested <laughs> in Antonio right? Brown. Like, that's the number, including the one that he plays for right now. Like they want to get yeah. rid of him. Like, no one wants that yellow mustache. Nobody. But that's what's shocking to me is only three teams are interested in a guy who I would have said two years ago was the best receiver in football. Twenty nine teams don't want him. Spot on. He's still. I probably still is. Just a matter of, you know, can he come in and get that fresh start? I think it. You nailed it. It speaks volumes that you're looking at someone as talented as him and. Maybe there are some concerns for teams that he wants a new contract and he's and he's getting to be, you know, on the wrong side of 30 eventually when that contract goes into effect with those high numbers. But at the end of the day, talent is talent. And we have not seen that drop off from a B on the field yet. I mean, and you could probably say that those three teams, Jets, Colts, Niners. Yeah, like we've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> those three teams are also interested in Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, it it is. I mean, like we've said on every show, three shows a week for a couple weeks now, that it comes down to who can actually afford these guys. And with Antonio Brown, the Steelers keep saying, Kevin Colbert, their GM, who's very good at his job, keeps saying, we're not going to just trade him because he wants out. It has to be advantageous to us. Now, we have good luck. a Chiefs fan here. They're not going to trade for him. We have a Jets fan sitting in Hoboken. And we have a Niners fan. So, Connor, do you want... And we don't have to get into what it would cost. If your Jets could trade for Antonio Brown, and it's reasonable, it's fair market value, would you want him? I don't think so. And I'm usually somebody that leans more on the side of when there are some risk in, in the locker room to just go for it. I don't really think this is one. I think AB needs to go somewhere like the Rams. And I know that's such an easy thing to say, but a team where there's a young infrastructure and, and already a proven winning kind of track record there. I think with the Jets, the risk there is you're developing Sam Darnold, who's still 21 years old. And A.B. is somebody that simply demands the ball 10 times a game. And he should. He's that good. He should get the ball 10 times a game. Sometimes it just doesn't go in that favor. And I could see Adam Gase is somebody that's had friction with multiple players already. I just don't think the fit's right. I think the Jets aren't in a position where they're contending in the AFC this year. And I think things could get off the rails real quick for AB. And I'm sure a lot of Jets fans listening to this probably think I'm insane for saying, no, I'll pass on one of the best receivers in football. 
it's just hard for me to imagine an environment of Adam Gase, Greg Williams, Antonio Brown, and a 21-year-old quarterback, everything just going all fine and dandy. Now, my team, the the Niners, it has been rumored and reported, and it, it just frankly, it makes sense, that the Steelers would like to trade him to the NFC. You know, that's obvious, right? Like You don't want to trade this guy to the sure. Browns and have to play him twice a year. You don't want to help out someone else in the conference. So the Niners make a lot of sense. They have the cap space. They have the need. And they're in the NFC. So I don't want him either is the problem. I don't want like this feels like a team that like there's maybe a leadership void from the outside looking in. And you've already like had some you had to deal with Reuben Foster. And I'm not comparing the what they these two guys did. But like this hasn't never been a great place for problematic players. I don't know that Kyle Shanahan is the right kind of coach to coddle a star wide receiver either because Kyle has always said it's scheme, not skill to some extent. So I don't want to trade, you know, a couple picks for an Antonio Brown win. Like I would much rather go out and address it in free agency or early in the draft instead of trading for a 30 year old malcontent who you just don't know where this dude's head is. And he's even having some you know, like legal. I know it's like speeding tickets, but he's having some legal issues off the field too. It just seems like a ticking time bomb to me that I wouldn't want to really be a part of. And I think that's why you go back to Connor's point. You also don't want to pair that with a young quarterback like Sam Darnold. Like what happens when A.B. doesn't get the ball thrown to him 10 times a game? The first guy that he's going to go to isn't the O.C. It's going to be Sam Darnold. And then after that, it's going to take off. And I think that just hinders the development of a great young quarterback. And I wouldn't want to pair him up with A.B. for that reason. Yeah, I think it's just a gigantic risk. And I, I totally get for certain teams that risk will be worth the roll of the dice. I mean, it, it makes sense to go for it. But I, I think teams like the Jets and Niners, mostly because of their coaches, that's the crazy thing. And of course, definitely the quarterbacks. But those coaches are going to be guys that feel they can scheme good players into being great ones that they don't need great ones to carry the load. And I, that might sound crazy, but. Just to give like to pull back the curtain, that's just how guys like Adam Gase and Kyle Shanahan think. Absolutely is. Moving on here, Deontay Thompson, one of the top-ranked defenders in the draft class, one of the top safeties, especially. No combine. He had to have wrist surgery, which I had someone message me, and they were upset. Uh, and like, how does a wrist injury keep you from running the 40? It does, though, because... And we got into this last year with somebody who had, I think, a shoulder injury. And it's like, you have to you gotta pump those arms to run the 40. So I respect him saying, hey, I'm not going to risk it because you would rather say I'm hurt than go out there and perform poorly. And then say, oh, well, but I was hurt because your numbers are your numbers. So I respect him sitting out. What I will add on to this, I now firmly believe, maybe more than ever, that Deontay Thompson will be the third or fourth safety drafted. I think that we see Taylor Rapp. And Jonathan Abram at least go higher than him. You could put Nasir Adderley in there. Uh, they, you could maybe make a case. I know some people really like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, I do. And with the injury and with the concern about a lack of size, which inherently means a lack of durability, I think we could see Deontay Thompson make a little bit of a fall. When you look at those other guys, and they can all provide a lot in the run game as well. Deontay Thompson, he's more of a single high safety from what we've seen so far, and the weight's still an issue. And you have four other guys here that are kind of do-it-all safeties who excel in tackling. Yeah, and I li- like Taylor Rapp. Sorry, Connor, I mean, jump on you. No, it's all right. I, I don't know will, if you guys— Will he weigh in, Matt? Yeah, he should still get measured. Unless and He needs to be on that mellow meal plan then because I he would, needs to add as much weight as man, he can He right needs now. to be like 185. 
with a wrist injury, good luck. Good yeah. luck getting there. I know you can still squat, but like if you're not, if he's not deadlifting, because even of a wrist squatting injury, would be hard to do. You'd have not to like safety squat. What if you're yeah, just eating and not lifting though? Like what if it's like okay, I can't work. No, but I mean seriously, he can't yeah, work. You out. have to run. Yeah, whatever day he weighs in at. I would just what day the safeties get load there. up from these next couple days. So Monday carb Monday he would just Today. load up. No, yeah, <laughs> just, no, a week from oh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so just carb up as much as you can this whole week. Put on even if it's sloppy weight, you're just weighing in. Yeah, he's not gonna go work out. I mean, I don't think you're gonna go from like cut to sloppy in a no. week. No, it's taking me years. So I think he's got a little bit of time. But I would. <laughs> I mean, because he's not gonna run, he's not gonna do anything. So I would try to come in heavy. And then see where you're at. I mean, their pro day, Alabama's pro day is traditionally a pretty late one. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, this is chess, not checkers. Right. You, you, you got to do everything you can here to get these scouts and these guys at the NFL to like you. And, and weight is going to be one of them. So, if you need to slack for a week, I think you slack for a week. March 19th is just pro day. So, that's well, that's if, not with that the late. wrist injury, if he had surgery, who knows if he's going to be able to do the pro right. day. It feels like it's like that this year. A lot of the guys were like, we really wanted to see, and now they're getting hurt. So last bit here, guys. Mike Mayock, our good friend, now the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, comes out and says that, you know, basically everybody would love to move down from four to get more picks. This is a team with three picks in the first round. They have a ton of draft capital. They have a ton of flexibility. They also have a ton of needs. So will they move down right now, fellas? They're sitting at four, 24, 27, and 35. So four picks in the top 35. They also have pick 66. So they are, they are five in the top 66, which is unreal. But I think it's a team that needs four to five starters out of this draft. So around the horn, Mello, would you? Oh, sorry, ESPN. My bad. <laughs> Taking it around the triangle, Mello, would you trade out a four if a team wanted to come up and get a quarterback? Or if Kyler Murray's there at four, do you just draft him and then trade Derek Carr? Uh, see, I would trade back. I would go back and try to collect a little bit more picks. You don't have to go that far back. I'm not saying trading to the teams, but if you can even get to a team like seven or six, trade back a little bit, collect an extra third round pick that you might be able to turn into something, especially if the guy that you wanted is not there. If you want really want Josh Allen and he's not there anymore, go ahead, trade back. Get another one of these defensive guys or whoever else is on your board because somebody is going to move up for quarterbacks and it's going to be that two, three, or four spot. And if I'm the Raiders, I would stick it out with Derek Carr for a little bit longer. See what John Gruden can really do with him if he's such a great quarterback coach. I'd be curious to know what teams like the Giants and Redskins would give up for Derek Carr. If the return was decent, I would have serious consideration of sitting there at four, taking Kyler Murray, trying to get a pick back for Derek Carr while also clearing his salary off the books and taking on a rookie quarterback salary and then just making the most of probably what would be six total picks in the top 70 of the draft. Like I just why. And yeah. So go ahead, Matt. I say this all the time. There are two ways to win in the NFL, a great quarterback or a rookie quarterback. That's it. These teams with a middle tier quarterback don't win Super Bowls. You're either Tom Brady or like Jared Goff and the Rams. Like they made a run this year with a stacked team that there's no way in hell you're going to be able to afford unless you have a rookie quarterback. And look at Derek Carr, no disrespect to him. He had one very good year, and he got a five-year, $125 million contract out of it. I get it, but you can move him right now and get rid of those final four years on his contract. So it is it is possible right now to make it a, you know, 
I, you have to a pre June one trade, so it's you know, draft trade anyway. It only it's only seven and a half dead cap. You free up fifteen, and I know cap space isn't a problem for them. But what I would actually do, I would call Jacksonville because Tom Coughlin seems like the kind of guy in Doug Marone who they would like Derek Carr, and they want to win quicker than a rookie quarterback is going to get them there. I, I think they've realized that you know they're probably not going to get Kyler Murray. They're probably not going to get Dwayne Haskins. Seven is a weird spot. They'll make a run at Nick Foles, but. I, if I'm them, I would be calling and saying, okay, we'll give you 38 plus what else is it going to take to get Derek Carr? Or, hey, if we, you know, what what do we got to swap around to make this happen to where you're not just giving up straight picks, but maybe moving around in the draft order, being flexible with what Oakland already has, man, I would I would be all about that. I think it would be really exciting to be running that team right now because you can map out so many different ways to go. Like Mello said, you could see what you have with Derek Carr and just stack best players available across the board. It, like me and you said, Matt, maybe you consider, you know, Kyler Murray there and maybe you start using some of those picks to actually acquire established veteran players instead of guys that are going to have to develop over time. Like, I, I mean, this is a little bit Madden or fantasy land, but what if the Falcons and Julio Jones struggle to figure out a contract? Why would you not trade a first round pick after taking Kyler Murray and go get a top wide receiver and a rookie quarterback. And those are just names I'm using. The examples can work for anyone, whether it's Haskins and a different wide receiver like A.J. Green. I just think the Raiders, after clearing out Khalil Mack, which we've criticized heavily, but there's no going back now, you have an opportunity to make a lot of different moves here to get this team winning football games again pretty soon. It's combine prop bet time. Like I said, I finally this week, for the first time ever, I opened an account, deposited some money, and bet on, and I'll tell you which one I bet on. Let's open it up here. I tweeted out this week this one, and I, I'm going to move the rundown around because this is the most exciting one to me. I tweeted this out, and people went crazy. Kyler Murray over under 4.37 seconds in the 40-yard dash. Mello, what's your bet? And this is according to Vegas, right? Yes. So I'm going to smash the over on this. I don't know if you've seen the pictures leaked out of Kyler Murray or not, I don't Bingo. think that he is preparing to run at all. And I have really questioned his whole strategy in this draft process. Uh, if he can run a 4-3-7 looking like that, then I could probably break six. I haven't seen the pictures. It's not good. I know some people I'm, said he was looking thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. I'm Googling it. Where would they be at? Twitter? The, well, Twitter.com. I think he's going our Deontay Thompson advice strategy and just... Yeah, adding as much weight as possible. Like he, he looked so thick to me. He could come in at two hundred pounds, which is unbelievable. Dude got considering stung by a bee well, over no, the weekend. His yeah. agent is telling anybody who will listen that he's two hundred five pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be, <laughs> but if he's two hundred five pounds, he's not running a four three seven. If he's one hundred eighty pounds, roaming out there in center field, he can run a four three seven. Nailed it. I'm with you all the way, Mello. I go over. I don't even know if he runs, and I don't even hate the strategy. If you want to come in as heavy as you possibly can be, you weigh 205 and you don't run, guess what teams know? That you're really fast. Guess what teams don't know? If you can play at 200-plus pounds. So go prove what you have to prove. I, and I just I don't think he's a sub-437 guy right now. And if I'm his agent, who gives a shit what his 40 time is? doesn't if he, matter. He's if fast. he runs a 4-6, people are still going to be, oh, well, he runs fast on the field, so who gives a shit what he does on the track? 
I still can't find the photos, and that's killing me. I'll send them to you. Thank you. It's probably from somebody who else like me, like blocked on Twitter. So I actually took the under on this because I hadn't seen the photos apparently, but I put an asterisk and said if he runs, which I did not expect him to. I don't know that he'll do much in Indy other than weigh, go through medicals, and get interviewed because he has nothing to gain by working out. And his agent, Eric Burkhart, is a very smart man. Best 40 over under 4.29 seconds, boys. That is a low, low time. And it's funny because like everyone thinks that like everyone runs a 4-3, right? But no, like 4-3 is really, really hard to do. So um I would say 429 is a a very good mark of like you get under that, you're freakishly fast. So Mello over under 429. 429 is incredibly fast. And I think we have been spoiled in years past that teams like or sorry, players will hit it. I don't think we are this year. I four three three is moving. Like that is a great time. And I think that's where we're gonna see guys. I don't think anybody goes under four two nine. So I'm gonna say four two two was John Ross, which is the fastest, fastest ever. Right. And that's just crazy. That's so I'm going over. I don't think we see a four two forty this year. Yeah, I'm with you too. This one I had to think about a little bit because sometimes we get so excited for certain players and how fast they can run. But if, I mean, gun to my head here, I'm going over 429. I think we'll have plenty of guys in the 43 range. I think McCole mm-hmm. Hardman out of Georgia is a sub 44 guy. There's rumors out there of DK Metcalf potentially t- timing. I still think he's a 44 plus player at his size, which is incredible. I'm just not buying that he runs a 438. That would be. It'd be amazing, and if he does, then incredible, but I don't see anybody going sub 4-3 in this year's class. So I actually, I'm i going to take the over on this as well. I think there are some very fast players, but again, 4-2-9 would be top 10 all time. Yeah, I mean... Like, that's just not going to happen. There are some fast dudes, uh, but 4-3 is fast. Speaking <laughs> of fast dudes, Dwayne Haskins is more of a runner than a passer. Everybody to knows that. <laughs> so... Over under 471. This is the easiest fucking bet in the history of betting. Now, they will say it's though you can put money on it. It only counts if he runs. If he doesn't run, you get your money back. This is not the one I bet on because I actually don't think he'll run. I'm not even going to, no suspense, way over. I think he would run in the four nines. He's yeah. a four nine guy. Yeah. I think if he got in four eight, he would be just ecstatic. And so would his agent. But nobody cares about what he can do. He's not a runner. I don't care what you hear on ESPN. This dude is a pocket passer. Nobody gives a shit what he runs in the 40. It's hilarious. I feel like Stephen A. Smith contributed to this being set at four seven one. Like, I don't even think this is close. Four seven is fast. Like yeah, for especially a dude for a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins is like 6'3 235, 240 pounds. Like a 4'7 would be flying. He's the size of an edge rusher, like an underside. He's bigger than Brian Burns. Like, yeah. I don't think people realize how ridiculous that is. Yeah, I'm I absolutely agree. So here's the one I actually bet on, guys. Josh Jacobs over under 4.5. Now, I did some research on this because I love Josh Jacobs. And I spoke to a trainer this week. They're like, hey, your guy, this was before this all came out, is not very big, not very tall, especially. And he's not very fast. So I did some research. He allegedly, according to Alabama, ran a 4.50. Now, this was, I believe, two years ago. So it's been a little bit of time, but that's the number they have on him. So good job by Vegas to get this at 4.50. I took the over on this. 
I think he's probably closer to a high four five, low four six. He's five nine, I think, is about what he's going to come in at, and he's a thick running back. That's a four five, four five eight for him would be a really good time for what he is. He's not breakaway fast. Yeah, I don't know though. I took the under here because he plays so fast. He does not look like a four five back. If he doesn't get into the four fours, I don't think we see him top ten. I think. Yeah. Look at the running backs in the past that have done that. Like you're gonna get Saquon who ran like a four three. You, I don't think you can be a top ten running back and run a four five. Do you want to bet a tattoo on it? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. So I. Oh God, here we go again. I got a bang tattoo here. to go along with that natty light tattoo. <laughs> I think he's a four five two kind of guy. So this is really close. One thing just to kind of talk about this running back class and breakaway speed. There's not a ton of it with the top guys like Daryl Henderson. He's the breakaway home run threat, but all these other guys running the 40, if they do run it, that are top running backs that I really like. I really like them. David Montgomery closer to a four, six is what I've heard. Josh Jacobs, probably four five plus kind of guy. Devin Singletary electric, electric cut in the open field, but not a breakaway speed four four kind of guy. So that's just how it's not going to be an exciting 40 yard dash for the top running. Backs it was that way two years Henderson. ago. Remember? Yep. Oh, it was so boring. Everyone was running four five, yeah. six to four, it, six fives. Like, why does this running back class suck? It's like, cause they're not fast. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And it doesn't, <laughs> that's, that's it doesn't it mean it's a bad cl- Like Not every carry is going to be a 90 yard sprint. Like you need guys that get eight to 12 yard kind of runs. So yeah, with I, good think vision. Ex- I think acceleration, yeah. like for some reason, the 20 yard is not appreciated the way it should, should be. be. But you look at guys like Justice Hill and maybe Singletary and, and Miles Sanders. Those guys have great acceleration where it's like, okay, let's start looking at that number instead. Yeah, yeah. I love short shuttle and three cone for backs mm-hmm. for that reason. Up next, position of the player to record the fastest 40-yard time. You both went with the same position, so I had to go different. Yeah, I went with receiver. I think we're going to see guys, my two favorites here at receiver, Paris Campbell is incredibly fast, fast and Andy Isabella is rumored to be just like a track star who's going to run like four threes. I want to see him come out, and and hopefully I'm wrong on the 4-2-9. I hope he breaks it, but I think he's going to be in that 4-3-3, and he's going to be the fastest guy at the combine. Yeah, I went with McCole Hardman here. It'll be a wide receiver. I I went wide receiver as the position of the player because – like Mello said, I, I I mean, Campbell, Isabella, those are guys to keep an eye on. My guy is Hardman here. Um, you know, so I, I think the safe money for the group as a whole is wide receiver. So Andy Isabella told people in Mobile that he ran a 4-2-6. Which, which at your college, yeah, you probably yeah. did. But this is a little different. I mean, I got timed at like a 4-7-8 one time. Yeah. And that was a lie. So also... I went different. I went defensive back because did we forget that Kendall Sheffield is in this class? So last year, uh, Denzel Ward ran a 4-3-2. Really fast, right? That's moving. But Denzel Ward will even tell you, Kendall Sheffield's faster than him. The trainers all say this at Ohio State too. Kendall Sheffield's faster. I've heard from people up there that he's faster than Paris Campbell. So I'm going with Kendall Sheffield. If If you can find like a a deep sleeper, just open bet on the 40, put some money on Kendall Sheffield because that dude is really fast. He broke the indoor record for the 60 meter at 6.663 seconds. 
really fast. Like that's that's <laughs> ridiculously fast. So insanely, it's fast. like my forty time. Yeah, yeah, right. That's your beer chug time. So I would keep an eye on Kendall Sheffield, and that's that's my favorite to break it. All right, maybe the most fun out of all of them. Rich Eisen's forty time over under six point zero two seconds. I, and see, I think this one is actually easy because he Bro, did it last year. He broke the five six nine second. seven. Yeah, and I actually think that Rich does a little bit more training to this than people think. I think he is yes, actually he like he's working on those hand motions and how to come out of a stance and everything. He's recently gone he's to like cleats for a month. Right, like he's he's gonna get <laughs> faster amazing. and faster. I he probably doesn't even come out in like the suit this year. He probably has like joggers on instead of his suit pants. Yeah, running in the suit's cool. And I love that he does it and raises money for charity. Like that that is a really cool thing. I think we all crushed the under on this one though, which is uh, a smart place to be. Connor, we wanted to close this out with some rumors that we're hearing. Oh, yeah. Um, one big thing that I'm hearing, those Ole Miss guys are going to tear it up. DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown are going to dominate the combine, assuming, and I haven't heard officially, assuming both guys do everything. I expect a big week from them. Another dude, Dexter Lawrence. Like, we kind of have forgotten about him because I don't, he had a rough year and he got suspended for a couple games. He is a great athlete that's going to test very, very well. Um, and And I just heard as we're sitting here, our dude Devin White is doing everything in Indy. Ooh, that oh, might be he's scary. Kill it. That's appointment viewing. Like, oh hell yeah, watching him do those linebacker drills where he's getting up, running side to side. I would love to be the guy with the football telling him what to do. Oh god, I know. I'm so excited for this year. Uh, gonna be great. Um, and also, Jawan Taylor from Florida. I know this isn't like a combine note, but I, I there is top ten love for him out there right now. Teams are. It reminds me of last year when the Mike McGlinchey thing started. You know, it's like ah, he's probably gonna go top ten. I can see Juwan Taylor being a top 10 pick. Uh, Montez Sweat has looked really, really good, according to scouts. They expect that he's going to test great. And then last note from me, and I've said it before on the show, but I want to reiterate, Dwayne Haskins is going to tear up not the workouts, but the interview portions. When teams put him on the board, when they talk to him to try to get a sense of who he is, what the character is like, he is supposed to be just damn near perfect as a prospect when it comes to the mental side of things. I also love that he's going to throw like he came out and no said fear. I'm throwing at the combat. No, no fear at all. I mean, good for Dwayne Haskins. He's a guy that feels like he should be the first quarterback taken and he will do everything possible. Take every opportunity there is to prove that. So very excited to watch him there specifically. A couple of things I had Nikhil Harry. I, Matt, I think this is something you've talked about before. Careful. Obviously not, ex- <laughs> not expected. <laughs> Mello, you definitely have it. Uh, not expected to tear up the 40-yard no. dash. I've heard he specifically is struggling with his start. So he's a guy who really needs to build up speed, struggling with the acceleration. I do think he's going to run it, but if he doesn't, there's a reason why. And, I mean, it, we're, I'm not talking like 4-5 or five struggling. I'm talking like post 4-6 kind of struggling. But I know I think overtime has posted his vertical – uh, he's just expected to tear it up. I know yeah. he's been practicing and he he's not far off from the record, which I think is 45. I think he's sitting at a little over 42 right now. And like I said earlier, David Montgomery, he's my top running back. I love this guy. I don't care what his 40 time is, but it's not going to be very good. I've heard something around a four, six. So if he can get under a four, six, that would probably solidify him in the top 50. But if not, you could be talking about more top 75 kind of range for him. I don't know if y'all remember, but before the season started, we did our position previews and we talked a lot about David Montgomery and maybe it was just Mello and I on the, this show. But I mean, we were saying that nine months ago. Hey, this guy's a four, six kind of guy. That's exactly yeah, who care, he is. He's got a lot of wiggle to his game, yeah. kind of like Jacobs. 
and can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. He's Kareem Hunt. He's not going to break away for an 80-yard run, but who gives a shit? If he's going to get you five yards a pop, yeah. I'm good with that. And this is where Mello reminds us all that Anquan Bolden ran a 4-7-1. Yeah, 40s don't matter as long as you can just catch the ball in traffic. <laughs> Nikhil <laughs> Harry, number one. Oh, I'm with you all the way there. Like, I know my guy, Kelvin Harmon, is not going to light up the track, and I do not care. If he comes out and runs a 4-6, he's still going to be my top wide receiver. Uh, if DK Metcalf runs a 4-3-8, I'm going to feel really, uh, uh, you know, scared about that because I think he's sitting there at wide receiver two for me, and he's really exciting. But uh, either way, the combine this week, it's going to be a blast. So actually, we got asked on Twitter while we were recording why I'm so low on DK Metcalf, and I just want to get out in front of this because I he is going to test incredibly well. People are going to be like, why don't you like this guy? I am very well, worried about a receiver who just broke his neck and has about half a season of tape. Like, yeah. that's just, yes, he has otherworldly potential, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, like if you prove it. Yeah, if you're trying to go out there and, I don't know, really tie your name to this guy, sure. But there are a lot of questions around him. Athletically, he's great. But I think there are a lot of questions around him, too. 67 catches in college. I don't care what you run your 40 in. And I will get into that later. I just I don't see the tape from him that would match this incredible Hulk athleticism that he's rumored to have. So we'll find he's out. He's a projection player. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. He's an inexperienced route runner. If you, anyone's watched that offense, you could tell that right away. He struggled at times with drops. And like Matt said, he broke his neck this year. Now, it's good to see him healthy. It's great to see that. I mean, we talked about it over summer. This guy, everybody was talking about A.J. Brown, and they didn't realize this guy has all-world potential. But at the end of the day, it's a projection pick. You are betting on the raw talent. And at receiver, that doesn't work very often. Just wanna, I'm just going to end on that note. It really doesn't. Let's get to the draft on draft portion of the show. And a quick uh, ask, a PSA from the host of Stick to Football. I don't know about you guys. I do know because we've talked about it. I, don't know I said that. <laughs> My DMs are so full that I can't read them. Like I just can't, It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So we love you guys. We want you involved with the show. And we know that this show has grown because of y'all. So if you could please just do us one favor, keep sending draft on draft questions. <clears throat> just tweet them at us. Use the hashtag at stick to football, hashtag draft on draft. That's the best way to get them on the show. If it's on Instagram and you need to DM the stick to football account, you totally can. But our bosses are going to love seeing all the interaction on Twitter if you guys will just send us those questions. Right, and it helps build traffic, too, because then other right. listeners see your great questions. Maybe they retweet them, and then we can know what you guys want to hear, what you want us to answer. And plus, the DMs, they are, they're just, they're filling up, guys. They're filling up. I mean, Mellows and, and Connor got all these honeys getting in those DMs. They got to keep them open for the girls, and guys. Then I'm you have to explain, out, man. like, who's messaging you at 2 a.m. So, like, oh, okay, don't worry so about it. <laughs> I want to be clear about this. I was out Saturday night, and at, like, I think it was, like, pretty close to 2. And somebody messaged me. It wasn't a draft-on-draft draft question, though. It was just a question about football, like, for the show. And the girl I was with was like, who is Instagram DMing you right now? Like, and why are Your you replacement. What kind and of I looked crazy over person? And I was like, I was like, uh, I can explain this. And I like showed her and she's like, what at this time? I'm so st- I love your guys passion. I love your enthusiasm. I know some of you aren't on the East Coast, so it might be earlier where you are. 
But I'm just giving you a little fun story of when things could go wrong with the DMs. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Mello and I have about 30 children between the two of us. So quiet time can be nice. Uh, <laughs> and then I do want to shout out our buddy Mike Spencer, uh, KKS on Twitter. His cat passed away. And apparently his cat was the biggest stick to football fan ever. So uh, Sorry, we've all Mike. we've all been there, man, with, with pets that passed away. Um, it's why I was really anti-pet for a long time. Because it was like, I'm just, I've been... Uh, two divorces, Mike. I don't need a, a dog dying on me. Not Matt anymore. Can't take heartbreak. The heartbreak. <laughs> really can't. So, uh, all right, let's get into it. Jake T. Johnson, thirty-three. As someone who's grown up following the draft religiously, I always read up and listen to opinions, mock drafts, and scouting reports from a bunch of websites and outlets, as I'm sure you all did growing up. But since you're all paid to make your own mock drafts and write up scouting reports professionally, do you read or pay attention to stuff that guys like Mel Kiper or Mike Mayock post? If so, do any of those guys ever make you rethink things you wrote or missed? So, no. No. I, one of my I, – I consider guys like Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, like we're friends. Like I, I can ask them a question. If I'm struggling with something, they'll help me. But I don't, I don't read DJ's mocks, and I don't listen to DJ's podcast during draft season because I don't want anyone else's thoughts getting in my head. And that's not – I'm not trying to be snobbish. I love everyone who works their ass off to make – the draft something, but I don't want to see who Mel Kuyper has in his top 10 big board because I want my own thoughts to be put on paper. Yeah, and have you ever checked the price of what it is to like read Mel Kuyper's drafts anymore? Because they're not free. You have to have that ESPN Plus, and I'm not paying for that shit. No thanks. So, not when no. uh, the Matt Miller stuff is free, right? <laughs> yeah, just read the scouting notebook every Friday. Come on. There we go. Look at that Yeah, plug. that's that's an easy one. I think sometimes I see things on Twitter like, if I see someone on Twitter talking about a player mocked in the top 10 picks that I have, like, outside my top 60, I definitely bat an eye because Kuiper, McShay, and DJ, DJ flat out says it. DJ goes, my mock drafts are what I'm hearing, not what I think. Like, that's what rankings are for. What I think is rankings, and I know, Matt, you do this too. So, it definitely raise an eye to certain things and go, okay, some team is talking about that player. But if I I don't use them to change an opinion or right. form an opinion, it's just information gathering and trying. And then you could hit up teams that you have connections with and go, why is this happening? And they'll be like, well, one team likes them at least. So it's interesting. Can't avoid it. Yeah. Uh, BK44, draft on draft. Heard a few teams are apparently looking at Ed Oliver possibly dropping weight and playing some linebacker. Is this a feasible situation or just pre-draft bullshit circling around the Internet? So. Great that this question came after the other one. This is something that Lance Zerline, who works for NFL Network, and I've known for a decade, said he has heard this, that teams are saying, hey, maybe this guy's going to be like 265 pounds. Maybe you should play linebacker. So if if Lance says it, I don't think it's just him posturing. He doesn't need you to like click on his mock draft. He is reporting things that he's hearing. And, and if I remember right, he put it out there as like a conversational piece. So I don't think it's pre-draft bullshit. Uh, at all, because I, I don't know who that would benefit. And I haven't seen Ed Oliver in person, but let's say he weighs 270 right now. He looks like he has the kind of body type that you could clean up and get to like 260 and play him at the edge. Even if he is 6'1", I think that's enough length. He looks like he's got some pretty long arms that he could play in the edge. That's where I would like to see him work out at, at, at the combine, put him through some drills and see what he can do. I just don't know if that body can hold up being an interior defensive lineman in the NFL. Before Connor jumps in, because this is his guy, I completely agree with you, Melo, but I also think that we focus way too much on what position a guy plays. 
Yeah, like, yeah. That's not football anymore. Moving him everywhere. Right. Who cares? You're a defensive lineman. Sometimes he, he played nose tackle at Houston. Guess what he's not going to do in the NFL? Never. Play nose tackle. But he could. If you were like, okay, you know what? We need someone this week. Uh, the team we're playing, their center fucking sucks. You're going to line up over the center, and you're going to crash the pocket. Shorter back to the quarterback. Yeah. That's what you do with him, man. Just move him around and let him make plays. I'm with you all the way. I think what's fun about Ed Oliver, this is like to flip the script. Everybody talks about the problem of where do you play him so much. I actually think you could flip the script and say it's so fun because you can use him in so many different ways where he could be a 4-3 end. You can play him as a 3-tech or a 5-tech. On third and longs, why not play him as a straight-up zero right over the center like you just said, Matt, and have him whoop the shit out of that, you know, crash the A-gap fucking Get after the quarterback. There are so many different things you could do with this guy. We've seen him drop back and just bat down passes like a center protecting the rim. So uh, for all the conversation about Ed Oliver doesn't have a position, maybe he just has a lot of different positions and needs a really smart football coach. I've never heard anyone in the NFL say Ed Oliver doesn't have a position. <laughs> like I've heard that about some guys, but like you don't hear that about him. Or, or you don't hear about Rashawn Gary right. either. Like he can play yeah. anywhere. Type right. Of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, famous line. I remember asking someone, where do you play Miles Jack? Said defense on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's easy enough. Well, the fun thing you could play him at running back too. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mason Welby. What do you think about the Packers trading pick thirty and a mid late round pick for Jadavian Clowney? I think you're on great, great drugs if you think you can <laughs> trade thirty and a mid to late round pick for Jadavian Clowney. I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I think you'd love it. Yeah. If, if the Texans are going to let him walk for that, maybe like thirty and a two. I I don't know. And a four and a five like i mean if if contract negotiation really broke down and they thought that they couldn't tag him weren't going to give him an extension then i think they would have to move him it might be more like that pick number 12 that they have it might be that a 30 12 and 30 yeah the back two the the most recent i've heard is that if they do this tag and trade that we've talked about a lot it would be with hopes of a top 15 pick and just connecting the lot you know connecting the dots here you'd assume that's because they probably want one of the top offensive linemen Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Can you even afford him? You're paying Aaron Rodgers a, a shitload of money. You're, Matt wants to trade Aaron Rodgers. This is the <laughs> Straight the across for right. Davion Clowney. I'm just saying, like, you, you, we, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers for Clowney and Watson. $35 million in cap space. And they there's a team that has a decent amount of holes. Like, they, they have guys. I mean, they have holes they have to fill. And obviously, Edge Rusher is one of them. But I, I think you just draft Montez Sweat at 12. And then you have a guy for five years that's cheap instead of trading for Javon Clowney, who's going to immediately become a top five paid edge rusher. And it just doesn't seem very practical to me. So, okay. Anyway, trade Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. That's what I would do. Up next, <laughs> be fine. Five, two, one. Hey guys, been listening since the first episode and first draft on draft submission. If you wow, had to that's be- a long that's- time. <laughs> we are 185 shows in buddy. Yeah. 184. My bad. You're just now asking a question? Good for you. I love that. That's like some rare shit right there. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the show, man. (laughs) Sticky of the year. Uh, If you had to bet your mortgage on one day two pick on offense and defense to make a Pro Bowl, who would it be? (sighs) That's a tough one. I'm going to jump in. Yeah, go ahead, Melo. Okay, good. I'm going to jump in in front of Connor and take David Montgomery. Damn it. (laughs) Why did I let you do that? (laughs) That was so stupid of me. Um Shit, man. Well, I'm fucked. Day two on defense. I might go with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. 
I like. I that think one. he's. I think he can have like an eight interception year at one time. Do you guys? Think I think he, he's really, really good in coverage. Do you think he has an opportunity to go round one? A lot of people are talking about him and have him favorited in like the second round. I don't think so. You oh, think that drives his so value either. up? I, I just, yeah, I don't see it. Um, I think yeah, we're at the time of year where there's like 95 first round picks. Mm-hmm. And then the draft comes, and we're like, oh, we forgot there's 32. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cheat. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Because that's, ahead. I'm going to take Jeffrey Simmons. He's gonna be to Matt. And I'm going to take Debo Samuel. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll make it as something. But yeah, I mean, if I can, if I had to like truly, I would take Sean Bunting, the Central Michigan corner. I think he'll go round two and can be really, really good. So. That's kind of a sleeper guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot. I really like him. Uh, let's get one more draft on draft question in here. Um, I'm trying to see which ones I like. Ooh, this one. Mealer, Corey. Draft on draft. What would be your rules for a combine drinking game? My friends and I wanted to do one this year. Things like every time a white receiver is called scrappy or has deceptive speed, you take a drink. If anyone breaks the 40 record, everyone finishes their drink. So I know Mayock's gone, but take a drink every time someone says, here's a guy. Oh, I was going to say just every time they mention Mike Mayock or the fact that he's with the Raiders now. Oh, you would die. But either one of them. Yeah. Here's a guy or, hey, our friend Mike Mayock, who's at the Raiders. The here's a guy thing. And I know every, everyone who talks football gets caught doing it every now and then, but it, that one oof, that messes with me. No, I, I think I like every time that. a record's broken, you have to chug a full drink. Yeah. Oh, Any yeah. record's broken. That's like a layup. Yeah. Oh, man. Those, I, I want to make something like extreme. I feel like there's something we need to yeah. think about, and we'll tweet some out from the stick to football. If they mention Deion Sanders, forty, oh god, because you know he's going to, or him walking out on the Giants. Yeah, yeah, all, all the traditional. Calvin Johnson in his shoes. Yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. This week, stickies tweeted us some combine drink rules games. We actually have a hookup. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but a, a buddy of ours in Indy is giving us three cases of beer and you guys don't get there till Friday. So we've got to drink about a case a day, which is easy money, but we need some, we need some rules for this. So I like it. I'm on board with it. Yeah, let's do it. And we'll drink those cases and then we'll do Instagram. The, yeah, then we, there we go. I'll be on a golf cart. It'll be great. All right, that's our show. Connor and I will be back Wednesday morning with Oklahoma State running back Justice Hill. I'm going to get him to say hook him. That's my goal. <laughs> He's going to say hook him. I'm it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and then uh, Mello and I will be on the, the air with you Friday morning. And then the crew is back together Friday night in Indy. It's going to be a blast. We'll see you all Saturday night at 2D Brewing Company. And we will talk to you all together one week from today.